Welcome to Orphan Entertainment, the podcast dedicated to public domain and abandoned media. I'm your lone host, Christopher. I stumbled across a cool radio drama that I had not heard before, and I wanted a chance to share a couple samples with you. Before we get into that, a little housekeeping. Uh, of course, I want to mention all the ways you can find Orphan Entertainment. iTunes, of course, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and uh, our Facebook group over at just go to facebook.com and search for Orphan Entertainment. And, of course, the YouTube channel where you can view all the films that we've covered in the past and will be covering in the future. Which, as I always tell you, I post usually a week or two in advance in case you want to watch them before we, you hear us talk about them. Now, I'd also like to take this opportunity to tell you about a new, a kind of new podcast that I just launched over at timeshifterspodcast.com. This is a relaunch of an old podcast, now with a fresh new co-host named Matt Flynn, and some fresh ideas that go along with them. Time Shifters will be a twice-a-month podcast where I and Matt and or another co-host will discuss a little bit of anything and everything. Movies, television, sci-fi, horror, action, drama, comedy, really just about anything that strikes your fancy. But nothing that might be considered too current. Uh, we are Time Shifters, after all. I bring this up in part to mention where this, well, I'll call it a voicemail, came from. I was on a Skype call with the host of the Spanish horror-themed podcast, The Nashy Cast. The creator, Rod Barnett, watched the film Embryo after hearing about it from guest host Pete Quint and I. He had a somewhat different take on it than either of us. Well, I'm just going to let it go ahead and play that for you now. Uh, first of all, I have, a, I have a baseline interest in 70s genre cinema to begin with. There's something uh, inherently interesting about a late 60s all the way through the late 70s to me. And a lot of it has to do with uh, the subject matters and the way they were tackled. The uh, Strange enough, the looks of the film is just this bizarre peek back into my uh, my childhood, uh, a time a time that looks very much like things looked when I was, you know, nine, ten years old. I am an easy target. I'm uh, an easy mark. So part of it, part of why I enjoyed the film probably has to do with my love for the 1970s American science fiction slash thriller aesthetic. But there's a lot in the film to defend. First of all, there are some wacky things. And don't get me wrong. There's some crazy ass things. Um, I, first of all, uh, let, let's, let's talk about some of the things that I really enjoyed. First of all, all the acting performances were really well above what the material may have required at certain points in the story. Uh, first of all, I don't think I've ever seen Rock Hudson give a bad performance, even in something as, as uh, silly as the TV work he did in the 70s, like Macmillan and Wife. The, the man was good, and he knew more than just hit his mark and say his line. He actually was good on camera. I can sit and watch Barbara Carrera, Carrera nude any day of the week. That's just a, that's a weakness. I know it is. It's something that uh, probably I should see a physician about. But if you put a naked 20-something Barbara Carrera in front of me, probably going to be entertained. That's, I'm just going to own up to that. Two, I was really impressed that the, the couple of times when the plot teeters on the edge of going completely off the rails, they try really hard to breeze past it so that we don't concentrate too hard on the fact that yeah, that doctor just said, I will help you get a human fetus and we'll cover it up. Nobody will need, nobody needs to know. Okay, first of all, medical ethics, right down the crapper. That's gone. <laughs> there's, there's not a doctor. I don't care how good your friends are. The movie really needed to, to either find another way for that to happen, but they, didn't, they obviously didn't want to do that. They didn't want to put... The Rock Hudson character, the doctor character, the experiment, the mad scientist, let's call him what he is. He's a mad scientist. They didn't want to put him in a position to at any point give you any feelings that he might not be a good person. And that and that's fine because that's the story they want to tell. They want to make sure that we have a protagonist in Hudson's character who's really a good guy, who's who is trying to do the right thing at every step. And they and, and that is stressed without being overstressed in the movie. Now the other things that they expect, the, the other wacky things like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you a human embryo, no problem, uh, that the movie expects you to uh, just kind of roll with and move past are uh, real, really even odder, in my opinion, because what they are asking you to do is accept that Hudson could hide in his house that he lives in with someone else 
that he's growing a human really, really quick in that lab. Call me crazy, but eventually somebody going to figure this out. Wow, there's a lot of food going in there. Almost enough food for two people. You know, uh, wow, he's taking out a bucket. It's filled with feces. That's really weird. You know, something, something, anything. I don't know. But they gloss past that. And that's, like I say, good that they move past it as quickly as they do. Because if they'd spent too much time focused in on that, you'd really start to doubt what was going on. But they get to the good parts. In other words, they get to what the damn movie was built to get to, which is the adult lab experiment, Barbara Carrera's character, and Rock Hudson navigating society and the, the inevitable Frankenstein-like problems that you get into with this kind of playing God. They do, a, I think they do a good job of the, the final, let's call it almost 30 minutes of the film. I think they do a really good job in that section of it because you understand the motivations you see how cleverly things are being done, and all of the pieces have been put in place. All of the information is there, and it's kind of neatly done. Now, I'm not going to say it's a classic because it's not. It's only a pretty good film. I, on the, I, t- I told you earlier that on the 1 to 10 scale, I give it about a 6 because the wacky things, the things that don't quite work, are, are things that you can sense if they just taken a little time and rewritten those sections of it the the movie the movie wouldn't feel uh, quite so um, B grade I guess would be a good way to put it but the good things that are there are strong enough for me to enjoy the film without feeling dirty and I'm not going to feel dirty because I'm staring at a naked Barbara Carrera that's just natural mm-hmm. that's that's the way it's supposed to be but the uh, the, the 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 really great stuff in the movie. Uh, I love all the stuff with the dog because, my God, you guys are right. That's one well-trained dog. My goodness. The, uh, uh, the, the, the performance, especially of Rock Hudson, that, that completely crazy ending, which, honestly, if you could go for a crazy ending to a mad scientist film, you've got me on board. Because the thing is, there's too many mad scientist films that, that want to play, you know, want to want to play really, really clean near the end and, and try to sew up everything and make sure everybody feels good about that ending. Not embryo, baby. <laughs> they want to slap you around a couple of times and make you kind of rub your nose in the fact that, ooh, no, no, no. You were going along with some pretty unfortunate and nasty stuff here now, weren't you? I enjoyed that aspect of it. And also, like I say, I think the, the final half hour of it is really a blast. Plus, any movie that can manage to wedge a cameo, a really cool cameo by by Roddy McDowell into it, is a is is has got another little like check mark on the box of cool stuff I'm looking for. So, not gonna say it's a great film. Do enjoy it. Completely understand anybody who would sit there going, "Oh my God, this is crap," because I can see exactly what you're referring to. But uh, I want to thank you because I didn't even know this movie existed until you did that podcast. So. Thank you for making me enjoy an hour and 39 minutes of uh, YouTube fun. I can't thank Rod enough for taking some time to give us his thoughts on Embryo. He really enjoyed some of the crazier aspects that both Pete and I had some trouble with, including that crazy, we're stuck in a corner and we don't know how to end the movie ending. Pete definitely didn't care for the movie, and I was just okay with it. You know, Rod ended his comments by literally making my day. He didn't know the film existed, and it was thanks to us that he discovered it. Well, that is something that we hope happens for somebody for every film or radio show that we cover here on Orphan Entertainment. Honestly, it made my day to hear that. So thanks again, Rod. Okay, a short break with another five-minute mystery and a admittedly self-promoting promo, and then a couple of episodes of The Man Called X. Another five-minute mystery. Janice, it's got to be slick. No, it won't work, Roger. It's too uncertain. But there's nothing to go wrong. Now listen. 
Those custom boys are used to naive, stupid smuggling. We've got to be smart, that's all. And you think your idea is? Look, Janice, why isn't it? We get on the boat. We're strangers. We never speak to each other. No one on the boat can connect us in any way. Now, I get off first, and right away I have my trunk and bags examined. By the time I'm through, you're off and you're waiting. Then... Yes, but that timing. How can I be sure there won't be a lot of people under letter G and only me at K? For heaven's sake, Janice, you can stall somehow. We'll be near enough to each other to see how things are going. Okay, okay. Then I pick up my three bags and walk over toward you. I'm clumsy and I don't see where I'm going. I bump into you, and as I do, you drop my wallet. I pick it up. With your hands full of bags, I suppose. Well, maybe you pick it up. We don't have to rehearse a scene like that. If anyone thinks he sees you drop it, my initials and identification will prove it's mine, especially as I've just been through the customs. It'll look as if I had it in my hands. Mm, sounds good, Roger. Good. It's perfect. Why, with a diamond market the way it is, we'll clean up in America, honey. Roger, if this works, you're a genius. <laughs> That all you want to declare, Mr. Griswold? Uh, that's all. You're clear then, Mr. Griswold. Guess you're glad to be home. I certainly am. More than you can guess. Yeah, it must be pretty tough in Lisbon, even for Americans. Oh, can you manage that packing by yourself? Oh, yes, thanks. I must be clumsy about this now. Ah, there's Janice, good girl. She's just arrived. Fine. Well, here we go. Oh! <laughs> I beg your pardon. Look where you're going. Oh, oh just a minute. I, I think you dropped this wallet. What? Oh, yes, yes. I, I guess I did. Oh, thanks very much. Wait a minute, sir. You didn't drop that, miss. You did. <laughs> oh, no, you're mistaken. Because that isn't my wallet. Well, indeed it isn't. I saw you drop it, miss. Say, what's going on here? Oh, nothing's going on. This gentleman ran into me and dropped his wallet, and I picked it up, and that's all. How do you know it's his wallet? Well, because his initials are on it. Oh, they are, are they? What are your names? Janice Kite. I'm Roger Griswold, but I don't Well, see... Janice Kite and Roger Griswold, you're both under arrest for smuggling. How did the customs official discover their trick? In just a minute, we'll hear. First... We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast... Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. And now, back to our story. Look here, you can't arrest me for smuggling. Well, you remember I asked you, Miss Kite, how you knew it was his wallet that had dropped. Mm, yes. You said you knew it was his because his initials were on it. Well, aren't they? Yes, his initials are there, all right, but on the inside. And when the wallet dropped to the floor, it didn't fall open, so you couldn't have seen them. Therefore, I knew you had previous knowledge of them. Yes, you two had a nice little package of 15 diamonds in that wallet. And now, how about a free ride to the station house? <laughs> was a radio drama that ran on CBS and NBC from 1944 to 1952. It starred Herbert Marshall as Ken, Mr. X Thurston, an agent of the law that often found himself in exotic locations around the globe. The first episode I have for you is from 1948, and it is called The Pickled Chemist. You're quite sure with two great names, Frigidaire and General Motors. Frigidaire presents Herbert Marshall as the man called X. Wherever there is mystery, intrigue, romance, and all the strange and dangerous places of the world, there you will find the man called X. 
more Frigidaires serve in more American homes than any other refrigerator. And now Frigidaire presents Herbert Marshall as Ken Thurston, the man called X. The hour is late at night, and darkness covers the great city of New York. Down near the East River, the shadowy figure of a man hurries along, furtive and hesitant, fearful of every noise. Harlan. Hmm? Yes? Who is it? I said, who is it? No! No! Checking, Chief. Here's the story up to now. All right, Ken, let's have it. The name of the man who was shot was Jim Harlan. He only arrived in New York two days ago from Venezuela. I just talked long distance with the authorities in Caracas. Good. Find out anything about that screwy message about DDT? Yeah. Looks like it ties in all right. It seems a while back, Venezuela decided to get rid of malaria, spraying all the swamp land with DDT from low-flying planes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eliminate malaria by getting rid of the mosquitoes. That's right. They raised over a million bucks from public donations. Gave the job to a contracting firm down there named Harlan and Mendez. The same Harlan was killed here last night. Well, I still don't see the angle, Ken. Well, the angle's there, Chief. And it's a rough one. Huh? How's that? Harlan and Mendez took delivery on the first two shipments of insecticide and carried out part of the spraying. Then last week, they found out what the drums really contained. Oh. Plain water and ground limestone. Not worth a darn. Oh. Who supplied the stuff? The firm here in New York, the Kenny Secto Company. Oh, I see what you mean by a rough angle. Public donations down there and an out-and-out swindle by a firm up here. Yeah. A lot of people gave money they couldn't even afford. Trying to free their kids from the disease that half the parents have had all their lives. They've got a better break coming than the one that's been handed to them, Chief. I think I'd better look into it. I'll buy that, Ken. You know anything about this uh, Kenny Secto Company? Over the address, I'm heading over there now. Where are they located? In a pretty interesting place, Chief. About two blocks from the spot where Jim Harlan was killed. I just sit here and make like the boss if anybody comes in. To sit. I see. And who is the boss? Just my very dear personal friend, Louis the Chemist. Louis the Chemist? Where have I heard that name? Oh, it was probably the time he was tried for hijacking. Uh, uh, well, uh, there was some phony drug label. Oh, he finds things to do. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Where can I find him? Who knows? He came around a couple of times with some guys in a truck and hold off some barrels of BBG. I haven't seen him for two days. Uh, What do you want from him, Mr. X, Oh, I thought I had to ask him about a murder. Mr. Thurston, I don't know nothing from nothing about this chemist sector company. I don't even have the faintest... Who's that? Well, it's your office. Uh, (laughs) Come in. I'm Marguerite, Senor Smith. You said you would be alone. Well, I... (laughs) Margarita phoned me this morning about the job, Mr. Thurston. Secretary, you understand? Yeah, I understand you. You think you'd especially like working for this particular firm, Margarita? I... I believe I shall return later, Senor Smith. When you were quite alone, as you told me you would be. Shall we stay in an hour? Uh, but Mr. Thurston's practically gone. I shall have Senor. But, but... <laughs> now, but she, maybe she won't even come back. She will, Pagan. You could see the hook right through the bait. Huh? i got to find this Louis the chemist. Where's the best place to look? Well, 
he lives over at the Acme Hotel for Jen. Well, and he eats all the time at the Joe Deluxe Chop Emporium. So who knows? Acme Hotel for Jen. Oh, well, may as well stop there then. Well... seem to understand the irregularity of this request you're making, Mr. Thurston. Oh, come now. He hasn't been around the hotel since yesterday morning. He can't object too much without having a look at his room. It is just as done. Louis has lived with us for a long time, and he's proved himself a real jet. I see. This is his room here. I hope you'll remember I'm doing this against my better judgment. Yeah, I'll remember it, sure. And now suppose you uh, run along. And leave you here in Louis' room alone? That's the general idea. Yeah, I'll keep the key and give it to you when I come downstairs. Well... I'm certainly going to report this to somebody. Well, you do that. Hmm. Well. Silk shirt. Let me see if it's doing all right. Mm-hmm. Bath there. This must be a closet. You will put up your hands, senor. Okay, Louis. You're holding a pretty good reason there. 45, isn't it? I am not Louis, senor. I came here to look for him. Move back, please. Wait a second. You're not Mendez by any chance. That is correct. Carlos Mendez. So you're Jim Holland's partner. Not only partner, senor. He was my friend. When I find this man who calls himself Louis the Chemist... Then we're both looking for the same man. I do not understand. Let's just stay unconnected with the police, senor Mendez. Did you come up here from Venezuela with Holland? That is correct. We come to investigate this company that steal our money. We registered at separate hotels and tried to discover what is happening. Uh-huh. This morning, I read in the papers, Jim has been killed. I know who to look for, so I waited here. Well, we haven't had much luck at the Acme Hotel for gents. Suppose we try Joe's Chop House. I don't get it, ever. Looking for Louie. Some dame was in here this morning asking the same thing. Some dame? Yeah, oh, a regular knockout. Talk like that uh, Carmen, uh, what's your name? <laughs> Not so good English, you understand. Yeah, I know what you mean. I told her exactly like I've got to get the phone. Senor Thurston, we are not going to find this man here. Do you know other places we can look? Not at the moment. I think the best thing we can hey, do... Hey, uh, didn't you say your name was Thurston? That's right. Oh, then you want it on the phone. Oh, thanks. Hello. Mr. Thurston, you got to come over to this chemical company. It shouldn't have happened to nobody, especially me. What's the matter, Pagon? Margarita come back? Mr. Thurston, if you didn't see it, even I wouldn't believe it. you got to come over here right now. Well, I found it's the only way of getting any sense out of you. Good. Hurry. And when you get here, knock three times so I can be sure it's you. Then I can move the safe away from the door. Right up there, Mr. Rex. At the end of the roll barrel. Hey, I'm not all about. Did you see? I'm more interested in finding your friend Louis. Here it is, Mr. Thurston. This barrel. Right here. Well, what's unusual about it? Except the floor's pretty wet around here. Yeah, that's that's exactly what tipped me off. So I put two or three together and lifted up the lid of the barrel. Like that. Well. Oh. <laughs> Floating in that barrel of stuff like a piece of cork. All doubled up. Yeah, he's pretty dead, all right. Know who he was? Sure. Sure, that, that's the guy you've been looking for, Mr. Rex. My very dear friend, Louis the Chemist. Continue with Frigidaire's Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall. Jim Holland, a Venezuelan contractor, was killed last night in New York. And Ken turned up a promising lead, pointing to one Louis the Chemist. But now Pagon has found Louis's body floating in a barrel of liquid in the Chemist Ecto Company's store. Easy now, Pagon. Let's get him out on the floor. Careful. Oh, Louis. 
Why, Mr. Thurston, he'd always give anybody the shirt off your back. Yeah. Oh, it, it just couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Oh, sure. A hijack who's been cricket all his life. Well, well, he, he, he had to eat. Uh, hey, look, Mr. X. Somebody plugged him in his stomach. Yeah, two shots. Same way Harlan was killed. Well, looks as if it's all over again. Shot dead in it like a barrel of BBC. Oh, Mr. Thurston, why do things like this happen to me? What, what, what have I done? Why, why should I... Oh, skip it, Pagan. What's really bothering you is that now you're out of a job. Well... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, a man has to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'd better see Mendes and tell him he can stop looking for Louis the chemist. Who is Mendes? Jim Harlan's partner. I left him over at Joe's chop house. That reminds me, I haven't had any lunch. I guess I'd better go, too. You're going to stay right here. Till Margarita comes back. With Louis dead, she's the only angle we've got. Mr. Thurston, that the, the sweet, luscious little damsel is nothing but, but an innocent bystander. Could be, but why did you phone here for a job when the firm isn't even listed in the phone book? Well, she... Well, I, I don't know, but, but I still think she'll have a very logical explanation. Well, you stick around here and find out what it is. I'm going to pick up the chief and take a look at Jim Harlan's hotel room. Wait a minute. You can't leave me here alone with, with this dead body. Pagan, he's a very dear friend, remember? <laughs> A man of a mouse? Funny noises over with the joint and a corpse out there in the storeroom. A dead corpse. Everybody with bullet holes in their stomachs. Maybe I shouldn't have took this job. Maybe I should have stood home. Maybe I... Man? Well, Senor Zesnitz, so this time you are alone. Oh, Margarita. I thought maybe... Never mind. Come in. Come in. What? Did you see, Senor Oh, it makes no difference. Just call me Peg. Here, sit down. Sit down. You're hired. But you don't know anything about my qualifications, Peg. Qualifications? What's the difference? The work here is very simple. In fact, there's not hardly any at all. Here, let me see. Uh, move your chair a little closer. Pagan, please. Uh, suppose I ask higher wages than you wish to pay. Anything, Margarita, anything. I'll just have the boss write out the check and then... Oh, no, he's dead. What? Who is that, senor? Oh, just my old friend, Louis the Chemist. You don't know him. Louis the Chemist? Oh, he's dead, huh? Oh, let's forget about him. Let's talk about I and you. But your friend, how did he happen to die? Oh, somebody plugged him, then stuffed him in a barrel out there. I guess he had an enemy or something. Great enemy. Are you trying to tell me that a man's body was placed in a barrel like that one there in the corner? Oh, sure. I discovered him myself. But, but pure deduction, you understand. Senor Pagan, if you are going to tell me lies, I do not think we've become good friends. But, but it's the truth. I swear by the father of my he father... He's a grown man. Perhaps is as large as you yourself? Oh. In a little barrel like that? Oh, but... Oh, all right. All right. I'll just show you. Here. Here, look. You could not possibly get in there. Oh, I couldn't. But I'll prove it to you. Anybody can't get in one of these barrels. Okay. Come here. Uh, and look. One moment until the... Yes. People wait. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, but your head is not really down inside. All right. All right, I'll... How about now? Just as you wish, Pagan. Right now. Oh. Pleasant dreams, my little comic Casanova. Now, we lay around the barrel. Oh. And then search this charming little office. I don't know, Ken. If Harlan had any ideas, he apparently hasn't left them around his room. Uh, it looks that way, Chief. I've gone through it from top to bottom. Haven't turned up a thing. Oh, it's not quite that bad. Don't forget the snapshot. Oh, all right. So it's a photograph of a girl you ran into at Pagon's office. And she signed it to Jim with all my love. Still doesn't tell us where she fits into this. I'm beginning to get some ideas about that, Chief. If Harlan had gone ahead and finished that letter we found in this wastebasket, it might have been some help. Mark? Yeah. Dear Carlos, just thought I'd let you know how things look up here in the States. Trying to change his mind. Ken, we're stopped cold. Well, it's a cinch we can't do any more here. So I'll go back and look at my, um, 
My trap. Trap? Yeah. I'm leaving Pagon for bed. See you later, Chief. I do not know. I have seen no one here. You're acting very foolish, Margarita. I do not ask you to tell me how to act, senor. No, somebody ought to. You're not going to bring Jim Howland back this way. What are you saying? Wait a minute. Didn't you know that... You lie. It's Louis the one who said... You lie. You wish to kill me, too. Take it back, senor. You do not try to stop me. I will shoot if you come close. Wait, you're making a big mistake. Oh, am I dead, Mr. Rennes? I don't know. Do you feel like it? Oh, what a double-timing snake that little cookie turned out to be. Pagan, she was only a sweet, innocent bystander, remember? She should drop dead. <laughs> Let me out of this cast iron coffin. Oh, oh. I'm never going to speak to another woman as long as I... Mr. Rennes, what's the matter? Look. Come in under that door. Come on. Uh-uh. Huh? What, what, what is it? The building's on fire out there. Somebody locked the office door on the outside. But we've got to get out of here. Mr. Rex, we've got to do something. I'll listen to any suggestions, Pagan. Got one? started to enter the building, senor. I saw the smoke. Then you arrived. Well, one way or another, we've got to get... Ken! Hello, Chief. Senor Mendez. Ken, I thought you were inside there. Huh. Mr. Thurston broke a window. We get out through the alley. Oh, good. Boys, you can lay off trying to get inside. Thurston's over here. Okay, Chief. Chief, where's Margarita? Did she come out of there? No, no, I didn't see her, Ken. Margarita? Senor Thurston? Gone to the burn to death. I'm going in. Wait, Ken. Huh? Boys found this girl inside the door, sir. Seems to hit her head on something, but I think she'll be all right. Oh, good. Put her down here on this blanket. Yeah. All right. Well? Senor Mendez, are you going somewhere? It's, uh, it seems to be getting a bit hot here. Yeah, I imagine it would be. For a man with two murder wraps hanging over him. What's that, Ken? It was Mendez who made the crooked deal with Louis, the chemist. He was double-crossing his partner, Jim Harlan, and killed him when Jim found it out. You are mad, senor. We came here together to investigate this affair. Yeah? Then why did the authorities in Caracas tell him... Why did they tell me that Jim Holland had gone to New York? They didn't mention you. And why did Jim start a letter telling you how things looked up here in the States? And he's the one who slugged Margarita and set the building on fire. He wasn't arriving when I came up. He was leaving. That's right, Chief. Margarita followed Jim Holland here because she was worried about him. It's going to be rough on her. Well, she didn't have Look to... Look out, Ken. He's making a break. Mendes, hey. stop. Trying to make that alley back there. Look out, you fool! They're all going to go. Hey, 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 if he'd been five seconds quicker or five seconds slower, he wouldn't be lying there now underneath that pile of brick. Maybe he'd already had his trial. Somehow. Somewhere.
Frigidaire star, Herbert Marshall. Thanks for being with us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is important. To produce for peace, America needs more steel, and scrap metal helps to make steel. But it's scarce, very scarce. So, look around your home for scrap iron and steel. Turn it over to a dealer or to your local scrap metal drive. Please do it right away. Remember, it is important. One sailor died twice is the name of next week's story. And believe me, it's as much of a mystery as the title implies. Plenty of suspense in it, too. I think you'll really like it. As usual, Leon Belasco will be along as Pagon Zelchman. So join us, won't you, when next I return as the man called X. Good night. Frigidaire's Man Called X is directed by Jack Johnstone, with music composed and conducted by Johnny Green. Tonight's story was written by Les Crutchfield. So until next week, same time, same station, this is Wendell Niles speaking for Frigidaire, made only by General Motors. All characters and incidents used on this program are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual persons or incidents is purely coincidental. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting Center. I have to admit, this one really didn't do it for me. Fairly weak story. You know, I kind of chose it based on the title alone. And I think the actual plot was a little disappointing compared to the promise of the title. The entire mystery seemed to be solved by chance, and the crime perpetrated by a character that just kind of appears at the end of the story and then gets caught again by dumb luck. Yeah, I'll give it one oathful. Let's see if we have better luck with 1947's Swindle to Honolulu. You're twice as sure with two great names, Frigidaire and General Motors. Frigidaire presents Herbert Marshall as the man called X. Wherever there is mystery, intrigue, romance, in all the strange and dangerous places of the world, there you will find... The Man Called X. And now Frigidaire presents Herbert Marshall as Ken Thurston, The Man Called X. Whenever The Man Called X is involved... Even a very simple beginning may lead to an amazing chain of circumstances. Take such an ordinary little thing as the ringing of a doorbell. Simple enough, only the doorbell of a small apartment in Upper Manhattan. That's all. Good evening. Oh, I thought... Well, how do you do? You're Mrs. Jordan? Why, yes, I am. Mrs. Jordan, I am the man called X. Well... My husband isn't here, Mr. X. He took a plane this morning. What? Yes, to Honolulu. That was a big mistake. He shouldn't have gone. But, Mr. X, it took all our savings to buy that property in Hawaii. And for months now, they've kept stalling us from going out there. Ralph thinks the whole thing's a fake. That he and hundreds of other veterans in this country have been swindled. Mrs. Jordan, that land company in Honolulu is of a highly reputable concern. This foolish trip of his may prove to be extremely regrettable for both of you. Chief, would it bother you very much if I said I haven't the slightest idea what you're talking about? Ken, this isn't funny. Your actions during this past week are nothing to joke about. I'll go with you on that. Six days and nights on the edge of a swamp full of the biggest mosquitoes in Florida, waiting for a smuggler who didn't even have the courtesy to show up. Hmm. Alone, of course. I don't think anybody else would be that crazy. But I thought you were working in a Hawaiian deal, Ken. That uh, land company for veterans. I was until I got this so-called hot tip. Why? Well, what did you find out? Uh, about the land firm, I mean. Only what I've told you already, they've been spreading ads in papers all over the country. Special offer to veterans. Plantation lands in Maui. Dirt cheap. The big come on. But apparently the buyer gets nothing but an artistic little title certificate and plenty of discouragement against coming out to take possession. At least four men who did go out, well, it disappeared. Can I... Can... Uh... Come on, Chief. Let's have it. What goes on? Uh, Miss Brooks, will you send in Mrs. Jordan, please? Who's Mrs. Jordan? She may be the chief witness for the prosecution. Huh? Oh, uh, come in, Mrs. Jordan. The girl told me to come in here. Yes, that's right. I, I want you to look at this man carefully. 
Now, this isn't the same one, is it? Well, I... I'm not sure. It was dark and he didn't come inside. Chief, I hate to seem inquisitive, but what is it I'm supposed to have done? That, that voice. It's him. It's the same one. You murderer. Oh, wait a minute. You murdered my husband. What the... Uh, that's, uh, that's all for now, Mrs. Jordan. Uh, will you wait in the other office, please? Miss Rex, I hope you get everything that's coming to you. Chief, will you please tell me what the Sam Hill this is all about? Ken, day before yesterday, her husband phoned her from Honolulu and said that you had met him there and threatened his life. Four hours later, they found him stabbed to death. Chief, I've been in Florida. But, Ken, I'd have to testify that you phoned me two days ago from Honolulu. I what? It was your voice, Ken. Dead to rights. So that's it. A nice tight little frame. Whoever put it together did a good job around the corners. And, Chief, I know exactly where I'm going to start. Pagan, open up. I know you're in there. Pagan. Just a minute. I'm coming. Oh, hello, Mr. Thurston. I thought I heard somebody knocking. Incredible. I've only been at it for ten minutes. Huh? Oh, well, uh... Mr. Thurston, I was just leaving. As a matter of fact, I- I'm late already. You'll be later. Let's go inside. At any other time, I'd be glad to. Up, you pig. On here we go. But I... Well, won't you come in? Thanks. Uh-uh. So it's gone. All right, pig. What happened to it? I'm very glad you dropped in, Mr. Thurston. Only yesterday I was saying to myself, now I ought to call off Mr. Thurston. Turn it off, pig. Huh? Now... What happened to that home recording machine of yours? Oh, that uh, was only on approval. I, they, they took it back. Well, how about the records, the ones I made? They take them back, too? Uh, the records? Oh, oh they, they they just got lost, I guess, or, or something. They're going to start talking. Oh, it was only a joke, Mr. Thurston. I, I wouldn't have thought of selling them. If Mr. Smith hadn't said it was just a joke... It would be Smith. Uh, the money had absolutely nothing to do with it. I, I swear to you, by the father All of my... All pipe down. Would you know this Mr. Smith if you saw him again? But I never did see him. I only talked to him on the telephone. He he sent a messenger to get the records. Like that, eh? Mm-hmm. All right, Pagon, start packing. We are flying to Honolulu. Ha, a vacation. Well, that's a very good it's idea. It's a long ways from a vacation. There's a killer waiting there for us. Probably knows we're coming. He may be anybody, Pagon. He may be anybody at all. These bellboys are never around when you want them, Mr. Thurston. They're really a problem. Can't say that I blame them, Mr. Kwong. In a climate like this, who'd want to work? You're so right. They keep slipping off to Waikiki to ride their surfboards and do tricks for the young ladies who come on vacation. Sounds like a career all by itself. Ah, yes. If I were ten years younger. Mr. Thurston, the entire facilities of the Waiwela Hotel are yours to command. I am determined that you shall enjoy your visit to Hawaii. Thanks very much. And, of course, you too, Mr. Uh... Uh, Zellschmidt. Uh, Pagan Zellschmidt. <laughs> Quite so, Zellschmidt. By the way, Mr. Kwong, have you ever heard of a company around here sending land to war veterans? I'm so sorry, no, but, of course, I've never heard of a great many things. I see. Not even a company that has an address right across the street. No. Mr. Thurston, oh, why do you keep calling it a land company? It says right on the front, Club Malahini. It's a nightclub. Doesn't make sense, does it? No. Then come on. We're going to change our clothes and drop in at the Club Malahini. Here you are, monsieur. One dry martini and one uh, zombie. Thanks. You don't fall into that, Pagan. You'll drown. Oh, bartender. Uh, we oui, monsieur. Was there something else? Yes. Where can I find the manager of the club? Huh? But you have found him. I, monsieur, am the manager. Louis Chic at your service. Uh Uh-huh. My bartender did not come tonight, so... Oh, he's probably down at Waikiki doing tricks for the girls. 
My name's Thurston, Mr. Sheik. Uh, this is Pagan Zelschmidt. Oh, so happy to meet you, monsieur. What can I do for you? Tell me what you know about a land company for war veterans. Oh, mon dieu, another one. Monsieur, I know nothing about that company. Their address is the same as this club's. Monsieur Thurston, it is like this. In the back of the club, there is a small office which I never use. Three months ago, a man called me on the telephone and wished to rent it. I say, fine, okay, and he sent me the money by mail. Whenever letters arrive for the company, I push them through the slot in the door. But I have never seen the man. I see. And there have been others inquiring about this company? Oh, four or five in the last month. I tell them all the same thing. Well, you're consistent at any rate. Mr. Thurston, look. I know, you're quiet, pig on. I can't and Malahini's. It's my pleasure at this time to present the attraction you've all been waiting for. The one and only... The lovely Iopeli in her dance of the island. Look at her, Mr. Thurston. Huh? Not bad, eh? Not bad at all, Pagon. As a matter of fact, I think I'll go back to her dressing room and wait for her. That's a very good idea. Now, let's go. Sorry, Pagon. No? See you later. Oh, well. Monsieur, another zombie, please. Oh, Mr. Thurston. Huh? Uh, if you have a minute, I'd like to speak to you. My name's Frank Clark. Uh-huh, well? I, I was sitting out at the bar a while ago, and I heard you talking to Louis Sheik. I didn't want to say anything in front of him. It's about this land company for us guys out of the service. Uh-huh. I've been around here a couple of weeks trying to check up on it. <laughs> I guess you got stuck too, huh? Uh, it looks that way. Uh, same here. Yeah, they sure got a slick layout. Been able to find out anything? Well, not much more than what Sheik told you. Oh, I, I did get a look inside that office. Uh-huh. It's empty. Nothing but a letter drop. Hmm. Any ideas? Well, I got a few about the clerk at my hotel. I'm staying right across the street here, the Wawela. So am I. You mean Mr. Kwong, eh? Yeah, that's right. I'm tied up right at the moment, Mr. Clark. Suppose we get together in the morning and talk it over. Maybe you can make some sense out of the whole business. That's a good idea. I'll see you in the morning, then. So long, Mr. Thurston. Bye. Ah, the lovely Luapelle. What? Pardon me, please. This is my dressing room. I know. I've been waiting for you. Wait a minute. Y you are from the States. So? Who are you? Oh, I'm sorry. My name's Ken Thurston. Thurston? Come in, Mr. Thurston. You know, I've always thought of a grass skirt as a gaudy sort of thing on the picture postcard. Then I've never seen you wear one. Oh, thank you. But that is my profession, Mr. Thurston. Well, I guess it's more than that. I suppose it's an art that comes from being born here in the islands. I suppose so. At any rate, the dance was very lovely. Ole e poena au. What? I, I do not understand. Oh, a native who doesn't know her own tongue. I have forgotten most of the old language. Lua Pele, you're no more a Polynesian than I am. No more a part of the island than the Veterans Land Company. The vet. I bet I can't talk to you here. Where are you staying? Across the street of the Wawela. Then, then I'll come to your room at 10.30, right after my next dance. All right. I'll be waiting for you. Don't forget, uh, La Pela. I won't. Don't worry. I won't forget. I'll be there all right, Mr. X. You would like something else, maybe, Monsieur Zelschmidt? Louis, you may bring me a crystal goblet filled with foam from Waikiki. Ha, ha. Monsieur is very funny. I go to bring some ice now. Monsieur will pardon me. I pardon everybody. <laughs> Except Mr. Thurston, who leaves me alone here while he talks to a beautiful dame with a beautiful name. <laughs> that rhymes. A beautiful dame. Pagon. Mr. Thurston, Mr. Thurston, where are you? Over here, Pagon. The door at the end of the bar. Come on. Well, it's about time you came back, Miss Thurston. I was getting very impatient. Never mind, Pagon. Follow me. Hurry, we haven't much time. Why don't they have lights in this hallway? Where are you going, Mr. Thurston? Out the back way. Close the door after you, Pagon. It's very dark here. Is this an alley, Mr. X? It's a back street. Wait, we'll stop here a second. Because, Pagon, I'm holding a gun in my coat pocket. From here on, you'll do exactly as I say. Understand? Well, of course, I'll be glad to... Wait. You're not... You're not... You're quite right, Pagor. I am not Mr. X. 
And now to continue with Frigidaire's Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall. Mr. X is in Honolulu investigating a firm ostensibly offering bargains in Hawaiian lands to war veterans. Someone has proved such a skillful impersonator as to place Ken under suspicion of murder and to lure Pagan away from the Club Malahini to some unknown destination. Monsieur, I cannot keep track of everyone who comes in here. It is possible that when my back was turned, he simply got up and walked out just like that. But you didn't see him go, Mr. Sheik, is that it? Monsieur Thurston, to be perfectly frank, I do not even remember the man. Oh, now, he came in with me not more than half an hour ago. He sat right here, ordered a couple of zombies. I introduced him to you, Pagon Zellschmidt. Zombie Zellschmidt? Monsieur, I think I do remember, vaguely, of course. Vaguely, is it? I see, yeah. You know, Mr. Sheik, I'm beginning to get a little fed up with you. That French accent of yours is as phony as that Hawaiian dancer. Okay, Thurston, you're right. The accent helps business. Uh-huh. What business? Entertainment, glamour, thrills, excitement. It's on a menu, it's for sale. Interesting menu. I'll have to have a look, look at it sometime. Wouldn't be surprised if one of the main courses turned out to be real estate. Oh, good evening, Mr. Thurston. Well, you worked pretty long hours, Mr. Kwong. Oh, the difficulty of keeping help. There are so many attractions here. Yeah, that... that situation seems to be general. Has Mr. Zellschmidt come in? Oh, no, not since he left earlier with you, Mr. Thurston. You've, uh, you've been here all evening? Continuously. Mm-hmm. What else can I do when I bear the whole tremendous responsibility of this hotel on my shoulders? Yeah, it must be a terrific load. Mr. Kwong, several men have come out from the States in recent weeks and disappeared... Some of them are staying at this hotel. What do you know about it? Why, nothing, Mr. Thurston. I never permit extraneous occurrences to intrude upon my consciousness. I see. Tell me, do you happen to know a dancer who calls herself Luapele? The Waiwela Hotel has the honor of being host to Miss Luapele. I see. Well, Mr. Kwong, in that role at least, I hope to be joining you in a few minutes. Who is it? I'm Mr. Thurston. Oh. Lower Pelly. Come in. Yeah, I'll take your coat. Thank you. Well, I suppose you locked the door at this point. I hadn't thought of it. Why? Shouldn't I expect it since I was foolish enough to come here to your room? Why did you come? A man ordinarily assumes it's a result of his fatal charm, doesn't he? Lower Pelly. Lower Pelly. Smoldering, boiling, ready to erupt the volcano. That's what your name means, you know. No, I didn't know. It was Louis Sheik's idea. Um, shall we sit down? Sure. Oh, not there. Over here. Oh. Let's say I came because I found you interesting. That sounds like a bad book. And it isn't the reason. Oh, why do you have to doubt everything? While I'll go at the club, you were anxious enough for me to come here. Why? Well, maybe because I found you interesting. You really think so? Why don't you do something about it? Such as? Such as something like this. Ah, Lord Perry. I wonder how long it would take. How long for what? For you to make your play. All right, drop it. Oh, you're hurting me. And drop it. That's better. Is a 32 automatic standard equipment for a dancer to carry in her coat pocket? I'd have killed you. All right, go ahead and kill me, the same as you killed my brother, Mr. X. Huh? How'd you find that out? I recognized your voice at the club. Who are you? Shirley Kaufman. Kaufman? Wait. He was swindled on this land deal. Talked to him on the phone several times. That's where I first heard your voice. He was my brother. Oh? When he wouldn't take your advice and came to Honolulu anyway, you followed him and killed him. Then tried to make it look as though he drowned. Oh. They found him in the surf at Waikiki. That's where you made a mistake. That's why I came out here. He didn't drown. My brother had won medals in swimming meets for years. You killed him. So that's what happened to one of them. You're wrong, Lord Pelly. I didn't kill your brother. But you're right about one thing. He was murdered. Wait a second. Sit right where you are. Hello. Mr. Thurston, is that you? Pagan, where the devil have you been? I do not have any time to talk about that now. You have got to come right away. Yeah, where? Out at the Diamond Point jetty. Diamond Point? 
What's up, uh, Pagan? I cannot talk about it now, Mr. Thurston, but it is very important. You hurry, huh? I'm tied up at the moment. I can't get away. Suppose I meet you around midnight. You cannot make it any sooner? Not a chance. And another thing, I I can't find that letter from Mrs. Jordan that I gave you. You know what you did with it? I do not remember, Mr. Thurston. It is around somewhere, I guess. Mind if I look in your suitcase for it? You are entirely welcome to it. That's probably where it is, too. Okay. I'll meet you at midnight at the Diamond Point Jetty. I will be waiting, Mr. Thurston. So long, Pagan. What are you going to do? Look, get this straight. I did not kill your brother. And I'm going to try just as hard as you are to find out who did. I, I don't know what to think. There isn't any proof. I, I got the idea because you warned him not to come to Honolulu. Then he came anyway and was killed. That's exactly why I warned him. Maybe I was crazy, but I worked there at the club for a month, trying to find out who's behind this land company. No luck. Then you showed up the way you did. So you jumped to conclusions. I, I guess so. Your Pelly, this whole thing's beginning to make some sense. If you'll just sit tight, I may be able to dig up the right answer. One thing you can always count on with a guy as clever as the one who's back of all this, sooner or later he gets too clever. You said I was named for a volcano. All right. The eruption's over. I trust you, Ken. And to prove it. Oh, oh Ken. Well, fairly well. You, you'll have to be going, Ken, if you're going to meet someone at midnight. It's a half-hour drive to Diamond Point. I haven't the slightest intention of meeting anybody at Diamond Point. But I'm going to stay right here until midnight. Mr. Sheik, straight up midnight, and not a customer in the place. Why don't you close up and go home? Oh, Monsieur Thurston has the right idea. That is exactly what I'm going oh, to now, do. Oh, now, hold it. I'm the fellow who knows the accents of fate. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember, all right, but it gets to be a habit. Not a things do. You uh, haven't seen Mr. Smith around? Who is Mr. Smith? I said... That's a good question, Mr. Sheik, a very good question. And I'm working on an answer. Four minutes past midnight and still on the job. You show an amazing devotion to duty, Mr. Kwong. I assure you, Mr. Thurston, it is not by choice. The attractions here are such I know, that... yes. The help simply doesn't feel like working. Do you, uh... you mind if I look through the hotel register? No, not at all. Though I'm afraid you'll find it very dull reading. No, I don't think so. In fact, Mr. Kwong, I expect to learn a lot from it. Well, Zellschmidt, you seem to have found my room quite comfortable. Oh, that's too bad. Of course, you can't talk with that gag in your mouth. Before I remove it, however, I want you to take a close look at this knife. See it? Because if you cry out once, I'm going to use it to cut your throat, understand? All right. There you are. I don't see... Why, you couldn't use a towel that didn't taste so bad. This one had soap on it. You do seem to be frothing at the mouth a bit. And please stop sounding like Mr. Thurston. Selchmidt, do you have any idea why Thurston failed to show up at Diamond Point? He didn't? Now, do, don't look at me like that, Mr. Smith. I, I don't know why you, you talked on the phone so much like me. It would fool even me. Mm, I wonder. I'd like to know where he is right now. Oh, who knows? He's probably found some woman. He always does. That's right, yes. Lua Pele. I'd forgotten he'd met her. He couldn't have known it wasn't you on the phone, Zellschmidt. I imitated you perfectly. Mr. Smith, it was even better than I could do it. <laughs> I imitated his voice all right, too. Even fooled his chief, a man who's known him for years. Oh, there is not the slightest doubt about it. You are the most clever man I have ever seen. How about untying those rooms? No. Now, this hotel's far too crowded to turn you loose here but in the room. The... Quiet. <laughs> Before I decide to cut your throat. Yes, sir. I I didn't say anything. I I don't really mind being tied up. Hmm? I only knew why he didn't show. The neatest little racket I ever worked up. Good for a long time yet with Thurston out of the way. Oh, he's very stupid, Mr. Smith. You could bump him off without any trouble, just like the other four. Five, Selschmidt. Hmm? Your arithmetic's bad. And since we're on that subject, I think it's time to make it six. I don't need you any longer. Oh, well, five, six, what's the difference? 
Huh? Wait. You're not. No. No, you can't. Mr. Rex. All right. Drop that knife. Drop it. No. Oh, Mr. Rex. I thought you would never come out of that. Uh, Thurston. You've got to do something about this hand. I'll bleed to death. Not from a scratch like that. You should have dropped that knife when I told you to, Mr. Smith. Or would you rather be called Frank Clark? Huh. How did you find out? You outsmarted yourself, Clark, when you picked up my remark on the phone about Mrs. Jordan's letter. I knew you were a phony. Pagan would have asked what letter, since you'd never heard of it. Say, that's right. I don't know uh, about the Laney letter. At midnight, the rest of the people who might have been tied into this deal were all accounted for. The hotel register gave me your room number. I came here, I found Pagan, and waited until you came back. I knew I should have killed him earlier and got him out of here. No, Clark, that wouldn't have helped. The hotel register gave you away anyhow. When you talked to me at the Club Malahini, you said you'd been here two weeks. But the register shows you've lived at this hotel for over three months. Well. Uh, what do you think they'll do to him, Mr. X? Hmm? Oh, plenty, Pagan. He's a five-time killer. For the other thing he did, I don't know. He stole from men the most precious thing in their lives. Their dreams. The dream of some far-off island where they'd go one day and be happy. And perhaps it may be punishment enough when he finds that even prison can't stop a man from dreaming. But it'll make his dream a nightmare. Star Herbert Marshall will return in just a moment. And now, Frigidaire star Herbert Marshall. Thanks for being with us. And next week, I promise you another story filled with suspense and mystery. As usual, there'll be Leon Belasco along as Pagon Zellschmidt. So join us, won't you, when next I return as the man called X. Good night. Man Called X is directed by Jack Johnstone with music composed and conducted by Johnny Green. Tonight's story was written by Les Crutchfield. And so until next week, same time, same station, this is Ken Niles speaking for Frigidaire, made only by General Motors. All characters and incidents used are fictitious, and any resemblance to actual persons or incidents is purely coincidental. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Yes, this one was more like it. A mystery, a more focused plot, plenty of characters that might be the culprit, and actual detective work from Mr. X. This is a story that pulled me along and had me trying to figure out who might be responsible. I thought the gimmick of a crook that could disguise his voice and mimic Mr. X was a great element and really played to the media in which it was used. Sometimes radio shows try their best to paint a picture for you, which is all well and good. But this one let your ears really do the work. Because of that, the writers were able to cut out a lot of what could have been extraneous kind of scene building. Oh, look, that man, he looks just like, you know, etc., etc. Now, this was a really good drama, in my opinion. I'm going to go ahead and give it a full five marks. Well, that is going to do it. I certainly appreciate all of you uh, listening and downloading Orphan Entertainment. Please continue to do so. Next month, Liddy and I are going to be back, and we're going to discuss 1954's film Suddenly, starring Sterling Hayden and Frank, old blue-eyes Sinatra. Yeah, that's right, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, get that. Anyway, it's a really great film, and Liddy and I had a really great time discussing it, and you'll be able to hear that in a few weeks. So until then, thanks very much for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs>